we've been on a series now for a few weeks, and the series is titled Loving Each Other. Now, we've looked at a number of different topics already, but today specifically, we're going to look at loving each other by helping meet physical needs. In John 13 and verse 34, Jesus says to his followers, Now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You see, the fact that we can love each other and love in the way that Jesus loved, because he said, do it the way I did it, that love proves to those around us who we really are. Okay? He didn't say they'll know you're my disciples by how great of an electric guitar player you are. They didn't say, you're going to know they're my disciples by, you know, how long you pray. These things are important, but that's not how anybody knows. You see, the prayer that you do in secret or the the time you spend reading your Bible, it's going to show elsewhere by how you love. The time you spend in church, the time you spend that nobody sees, those should have an effect in love that goes out. But if we are not showing love, then to the world, we're no different. People you see are used to individuals being selfish. Everybody's used to that. Someone being selfish and looking out for number one. And if you get in my way, but we're called to be different. You see, Jesus said love the way he did, and Jesus actually spent a great deal of time in his earthly ministry, meeting physical needs. Now, we already talked a little bit about showing love in other ways, but today we're going to look at the physical needs. In another message, we'll look at how he met spiritual needs. See, physical needs mattered to Jesus when he walked this earth. They matter to him still. The people around us, maybe the people in the same row as you, have needs. And as brothers and sisters, as believers of Christ, we're called to help meet them when we can. Luke 5 verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into the one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. You see, Jesus was being pressed by the crowd and he needed a place to speak. So he got in the boat, pushed it out a little ways, and they had room. And Jesus, this is early on in his ministry. To this point, he hasn't yet called others to follow him, but he's about to. And in verse 4, when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. 
When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus cared about the physical needs. He was teaching the people probably on spiritual things, but he knew that these fishermen had fished all night and caught nothing. I don't know if we have any people who fish here. Does anybody fish? Have you ever caught nothing? That's horrible. You need a miracle after that, right? It's not good. But this had happened to the disciples, the, the fishermen who weren't yet disciples, Peter and James and John, and they had caught nothing. And Jesus knew it, and he said, go out, cast your net again. He cared about the physical need. And not only did he just care about their physical need, he overflowed them. You see, he's not a God of almost enough. He's not a God of, well, you'll just scrape by. He is a God of more than enough. Because when he pours in more than enough for you, you're going to be able to do what? Share it. So he didn't just give them a few fish to just last for lunch. He gave them enough fish they could have given it to everybody that was there on the beach. They could have dried some of it for later. I'm pretty sure they smoked fish. That's an old pastime positive. And when this happened, they realized something else, that they were experiencing something divine. Church, when needs are met in this way, people take notice. And then Jesus says, you guys, I need you. Come with me. And they begin to follow him, not just because of the teaching, because he met a physical need. This is very important. I want you to get it. You see, you can talk a great talk to people. You can tell them all about your church. You can tell them about what you read in the Bible. You can talk, and to them it's going to be nothing but hot air if they don't feel that you care about them. If they see no love, it means nothing. And you and I were not called to be hot air balloons. Jesus met a physical need because he cared. Jesus also met other physical needs, but one that I want to read today is a miracle to meet a financial need. I think everybody in here can relate. There's been times like, man, I could use a miracle in my finances. Now, we're kind of getting a miracle now with all this warm weather because I remember the power bill last year at this time. So I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for that. Well, Jesus cared about finances and miracles in that area. In Matthew 17, in verse 27... Peter, Peter gets involved in a lot of these if you go through scripture. But they were saying, hey, do, does Jesus and his followers pay the temple tax? And Peter was like, he had no clue, but he was like, well, of course we do. <laughs> that was Peter, he's quick. <laughs> he comes into the house and Jesus sees him come in and says, Peter, you know, this type of tax really isn't for the children of the king, but anyway... Because you said that we pay the tax, we pay tax. But then he provides a miracle of finance. 
in verse 17, 27. He says, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. Now, that's a financial miracle. Jesus cares about the financial need, and he can meet it in ways that maybe you haven't thought of. I've caught a lot of fish in my time, and a lot of big ones, stretching that a little, but you know what I mean. I don't think I've ever found money in the fish. But I found what's so cool about this story, Jesus already knew the fish and the coin were there. And I often think, who dropped that silver coin? You know, and here it is, God brings it to them. Did you know there's a scripture that says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous? There could be some lost treasure that belongs to you. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) It doesn't hurt to pray about it. So God cares about your finances, and he meets physical financial need. Jesus also always met physical needs in the area of healing. When we read in Scripture, there was nobody that he turned away who needed a physical healing. Nobody. We don't read a one where he said, no, not you. Okay, I just want you to know that. Matthew 12 and 14 is a short Scripture that says it all. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. He just did. Whenever someone came asking, it said that virtue or power would flow from him, and they would be healed. So Jesus, in his time walking on earth, wanted to heal, and he did it often. And he still does today. Jesus also tells his followers... You need to meet physical needs. You see, we often preach, and most of you would know that, well, he told his followers, go make disciples, you know, get them saved. But he told them to do a lot more than just that. He actually told them, meet physical needs. We can't forget this. We can't forget that there are people around us who may need some help. And God has blessed each of us differently and the amount we can help or who we can help will be different. But you start right where you're at. Matthew 14 and verse 15. It's another miracle one, but it's a good one. That evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now, this story, of course, is the story where Jesus ends up feeding 5,000 men and also women and children, a huge amount of people. But the thing is, he asked his followers to do it. And their first thought was, we don't have that kind of money. We'd have to go to the village and bring back loads of bread. It's, It's not possible. But I love Jesus' answer. He said, well, what do you have? You see, when we talk about helping meet physical needs, you just do with what you have. You see, you aren't going to be able to meet every physical need in the world or in Slave Lake or in your community, but what do you have? What can you do? Start there. And Jesus said, just what do you got? And I find it interesting. They had a few loaves and a few fish And they actually got it from a boy who was there. 
I'm like, wow, they really didn't have anything. But that's what they had. So it begins actually with the boy who gives it to them, and then they bring it to Jesus to give to the people. Jesus blesses it, and a miracle happens in the area, once again, of physical need. Multiplies, he breaks it after praying and blessing it, and just keeps breaking it into the baskets. And guess who goes and feeds the people? His disciples. You see, if you're a Christian, you're one of Jesus' followers. And he wants to bless you enough that you can give out to others. But he's going to ask you to start with what you have. If you're waiting first, you know, for a multitude of finance to be in your bank account, it doesn't work that way. Start with what you have. I know a lot of people, I've heard it over the years of pastoring, a number of people, I've heard them say this, well, one day when I win the lottery, pastor, I'm going to do this, and that, you know, I'm going to bless this. One day. Jesus never asked you to do a one day when you're wealthy. He said, what do you have now, today? And if you're sitting here and you're like, I have absolutely nothing, then you need to ask him again to show you what you have. Maybe you don't have any finance in the bank or your wallet, but what do you have? Do you have a smile? Do you have a hug? Do you have a handshake? It's a physical need. Do you have a voice that can encourage and pray for someone? If you have absolutely nothing else, you have that. Start with what you have and watch it multiply. Because I have found out that when you are willing to help meet physical need, God pours back in so you can do it some more. Because he's looking for people who will do this. And maybe you're thinking today, well, it's getting close to Christmas. Is he just talking about the homeless people? No. They most definitely have a need. But I'm talking far beyond that. Many people feel they've done their duty because they do a little nice thing for homeless. I'm done. What about your family? I've met people who will donate in church and help the stranger they don't know, but boy, oh boy, family. What are you here asking for money again? Family is important. God says don't neglect your family. He's talking about your relatives too, by the way. I know some of you are from areas where everybody's your cousin, and right now you're going like, stop! (laughs) Quit preaching this. Do remember I said only what you have. In this helping meet physical needs, you may have to say, sorry, I can't do that. That's okay. When we talk about meeting physical needs, yes, sometimes there's people who just want to use you or take advantage of you. Does that mean you should never help a physical need? No. You can say no to people who have gone beyond the boundaries, but don't quit. If you've ever been taken advantage of, don't quit. Just become wiser. You see, giving to help physical need is not the same as being used or taken advantage of. Very different. It's a decision you make, and you know God wants you to. It's not you being manipulated or pressured or taken advantage. Okay, very different. So if you've ever had that experience and you're feeling uncomfortable right now, just know it's not the same thing. You giving because God directs it is an amazing thing. 
I've been blessed to be on both ends of this. My wife and I and family were in evangelism for many years before we uh, began pastoring. And I could tell you story after story where God has blessed even miraculously. But one that comes to my mind is a time, a season for us when I had vehicle issues. Okay, you're probably thinking, if you were an evangelist, you probably had lots of those. We did, but this time, the vehicle completely broke down, and we took it to a shop. They couldn't fix it. They couldn't figure out what was wrong, but they charged me $600 anyways, and said, you have to come pick it up, but it doesn't run, so I would need to tow it. I'm like, this doesn't sound right. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I'm like, well, I've got to take it to another shop. So we, well, we didn't get it towed. I'm old school and, you know, I just paid 600 bucks. I didn't have money for a tow truck in those days. So I found a logging chain and we towed it across town, which you're not supposed to do, by the way. Don't do that. And uh, took it to another shop. We took the vehicle to another shop. It stayed there for two weeks and they called me up and said, we can't figure out what's wrong with it. And I'm thinking, oh no, how big is the bill this time? (laughs) And they said, well, no here, if we couldn't figure it out, we're not going to charge you. So we towed it again and parked it, but we had no vehicle. And I was walking around town to get places, and I I don't like to tell people when things are happening or when I have needs. That's just the way I was raised. But somebody gives us a call and says, we were in prayer and the Lord told us, we need to help you out. And this person said, I'm aware it's a vehicle issue. Can you meet us down at the dealership? I said, sure. We went down to the dealership and I'll make a story short. We left the dealership with an almost completely new van and somebody else wrote the check for it and our name was on it. I'll tell you what, I was saying, thank you, Jesus, for meeting a physical need. But the thing is, he used a person. He used a person who was able and willing. And you and I can be those people at different levels anytime. Maybe you just bought somebody lunch, but it changes them. They're blown away that you cared to buy them lunch. Or maybe God is taking you to a position where you can buy a vehicle for somebody. You know, ever since that time, I've prayed, Lord, let me one day be in that position. Let me be there where I can buy someone a vehicle. Because it was so memorable, so, he's real. Each of us can be used by him in the same way, but it starts just with what you have. I want to encourage you before I finish here today, make sure and start this week. When we're done the message, I want you this week to find somebody that you can help, even if it's just buying them a coffee, if that's where your finance level's at. But do it. Break into something new or start again. I just felt, as I said, that there's some here used to help and do things all the time and you stopped. I heard the Lord say, start again. And if it has to start with a coffee, start there. I remember being able to give out ourselves and my wife and I do, and obviously those kind of things you don't talk about or brag about, so I won't bring it here, but uh, God can do great things. I know our, one of our daughters, she's just 
getting into prayer and learning about things like that. And I remember she had said something to me and she, she wanted to go to Tim Hortons, but she didn't have money. And uh, I said, you know, the Lord wants to bless you, cares about that. And we really are pleased with the kind of daughter you are. You know, here, take my card. Go get whatever you want at Tim Hortons. Because the Lord, he wants to bless you. And here's the thing. She had just started a job, and we were actually teaching her about tithing. And she kind of, you know, teenager is like, now I'm going to give some of this money that I barely just made. And, you know, I, I can't say she was overjoyed about it. Now, Scripture said the Lord loves a cheerful giver, but any kind of giver is okay. His principles still work. <laughs> they really do. His principles work in giving. And so we were trying to teach her that. And that day when she, she mentioned that to me, it just kind of came out of my mouth. You know, she's wanting my card to go to Tim Hortons. It's like, did you tithe? She goes, yeah, I did. Yeah, I tithed there yesterday. I was oh, good for you. That's awesome. And she heads off to Tim Hortons with my card because I'm thinking I'm going to bless her because she was faithful. She comes back. She hands me my card. And she says, oh, Dad, you didn't have to pay for it. Somebody else in the lineup paid for everything I bought at Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> so she was pretty, cause, and I was saying, thank you, Lord. Because in her mind, well, Dad will bless me for sure, but does the Lord? Yes, he does. So church, even small things make a difference. I didn't know who that was. Pretty sure they didn't know who she was. But it will stick in her mind for the rest of her life. The first time she tithed, Somebody bought her stuff at Tim Hortons. It's never happened to her before in her life. So I want to encourage you, what if that was you? What if God spoke to you and you could change a young person's life? It's not hard. So let's reach out, let's meet the physical needs. Matthew 10 and verse 8, Jesus looked at his followers also and said, hey, I want you guys to meet physical needs in the area of finance, food, but also in the area of healing. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. If you're a believer and you understand prayer, you understand what Jesus paid for, you also have the ability to pray for others, to see them released in the spiritual realm, to see healings come. I want to encourage you, learn to give freely. If you've received it, you can give it. I'm not going to go deep into that. That's a whole message. Well, it could be a whole series. But I want to tell you something. You and I, if you believe that the Lord can work through you, you can lay hands on somebody and you can see them made whole. That's a physical need and it can change a person's life. You've ever met someone that's been sick and they're in great pain? Life is not fun with great pain. And you have the ability, you are able to pray and make a difference. Jesus wanted us to reach out. Many of you probably know the story of the Good Samaritan. I want to share it quickly here. Jesus tells this story about loving your neighbor, loving people that are around you, and he is very specifically saying that love takes action. Because, you see, we can say we love people, but if we do nothing, do we really? If you tell your wife you love her, but you never do anything for her, do you really? 
Nobody look at anybody right now. That's a touchy topic. <laughs> you can say you love your kids, but if you never spend time with them, do you? Really? Don't look at anybody right now. We're just throwing things out there. Love takes action. And love meets needs. Jesus replied with a story about who your neighbor is and how to love them. And he said this, A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Showing people mercy is important. Reaching out to meet a physical need will change a life. And Jesus said, that's how you show love. Mercy shows love. Giving somebody something they don't deserve shows love. And finally, Matthew 25 and verse 39. Jesus tells his followers this. I'm just going to read it. It's pretty clear. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. He's talking about judgment here. He says, all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. I'm going to tell you the rest of this. He's talking about his return. And this story always touches me because I'm thinking, for real? He's putting them on one side and the other for this only? And he tells those sheep, when you saw me, you did it. And they actually go to When did we see you, Jesus? I don't recall seeing you ever sick or in prison or naked. And he says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you did it to me. And then the goats on the other side, he says, I'm sorry, guys, but this is not turning out good for you. Your time has come and you're cursed and you need to depart to everlasting fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels, not you. But that's the direction. And they also said, what are you talking about? Why? And he says, I was sick. And I was in prison. And he goes through the list. I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was thirsty. You didn't give me drink. You ignored me. And those that had been put on the side, the goats looked at him and said, said, what? (laughs) When? 
Can't you imagine? What are you talking about? Jesus, if we'd have seen you, of course we would have. We didn't see you. Can I say something? He never asked us to people, please. Well, sure we would if we saw him because we know he's the guy. And he says, as much as you didn't do it, to the least of these, you didn't do it to me. It's something we need to never forget. If you struggle or you have a little bit of trouble of helping others, maybe you just need to picture them as Jesus. Because he wants to work through you. He wants to use you. And I will tell you this. If you talk with anybody who understands this and helps others often, you will see that they have great joy when they help. If you talk to them privately, they will never brag to you and they won't tell you. But if you're able to talk to them, they will tell you it's their greatest joy. When they are able, they, are, they know they are blessed enough to help somebody else. And they see the smile on the face, the change in the heart. They will tell you it fills them up. It's better than winning money. It's better than anything. Seeing somebody helped. Meeting physical needs shows love. And according to Jesus, it really matters. You see, Jesus' love for all people was unmeasurable. He loved us when we didn't even deserve it. And I think this is key for you and I. If we want to show His love, we can't be looking at people and deciding if they need it or not. Do they deserve it? Well, do they like me? It doesn't matter if they like you or not. It doesn't matter if they deserve it or not. You give love. Jesus did it for you and I. In John 15, 12, he said to his followers, This is my commandment, love each other the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus would lay down his life. And he says, I'm going to lay down my life for you. But he didn't just lay it down for his disciples. He laid it down for all mankind. Romans 5, 8 says, God showed his love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. If he can love us before we deserved it, can we not love him? Can we not love those around us before they deserve it? We're called to, we're meant to. And I believe one of the greatest ways to show love in your community, to show love around you, is to meet a physical need. Yes, you can use words and tell people, but when you meet a physical need, it is an action of love that nobody can deny. Jesus loved us. He died on a cross in our place. He died and was a sacrifice that all sin could be done away with. Everything that separated us from the Heavenly Father could be dealt with because of His sacrifice. He did that for you and I. And then He said, it's done, it's finished, you simply need to receive it. And I love that He made it as easy as easy could be. You see, we're saved by grace through faith. In other words, we don't pay for it now, all we need to do is believe it. Scripture says this clear statement in Romans 10 and verse 9. If you believe it in your heart, 
Christ came and died for you and God rose him from the grave. If you believe that in here, then all you got to do is say it with your mouth and you will be saved. You will receive his great love, his forgiveness. And I want to tell you something. As believers, when his love fills us, then we can truly give it out. How can you give something out that you don't have? If you've been feeling angry and frustrated at everybody, you need his love to fill you up so that you can give it out. I want to take opportunity tonight. Maybe there's one here. You've not yet prayed and asked Christ to forgive you, to save you. You've never used those words, even though you believe it. We're going to take opportunity to do that. Now, there's no magic prayer, but I just repeat a, have you repeat a prayer here just to allow you to use words. Allow you to use words to say what's already here. And when we do that, if you do that believing, it, it will be the beginning of a brand new life. I want you to join me tonight and, and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Fill me with your love. Amen. Amen. 